Welcome to this, the eighth and final episode for series one of My Movie Minute. If you're only just joining us, we would love you to go back and listen to episodes one to seven, in which Mark and I take turns to choose a minute we love as a starting point for some nerdy chit-chat from the movies that we love. Each week, we challenge you, the listener, to guess the movie we'll be talking about from the episode title, the no-names description during the episode, and of course, some clues and red herrings left on Instagram and Twitter at My Movie Minute. Please feel free to give us your feedback on series one, but for now, enjoy our final movie minute of the series. What about you, bruh? What about me? Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Who are you? Are we enemies? Why am I on this wall? Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Mostly come at night. Mostly. And you get my voice coming out of the intro music. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's my turn to kick off the show and to listen to Charlie's Movie Minute. Still in the same room as each other as well? Yeah, we gave away earlier that we record a couple of these at a time. Yep. And, uh, and I'm going to retcon... Uh, Charlie's conversation at the beginning of, la- of last episode was that I think in series eight, uh, in episode eight, we are definitely going to talk about this because we record them together. Yeah. Um, uh, so this is episode uh, eight now, and uh, we're going to call it the the last in this, the first series of uh, my movie minute. Uh, Indeed, which is exciting that we that we've got through eight of these. Uh, they've flown by. They've been an absolute blast. Yeah. So what we're going to do, I think, Charlie, you said you're going to compile a little kind of summary show as a bonus episode. Yeah, we're going to have a short episode after this one. Uh, we won't call it episode nine. We'll call it DVD bonus <laughs> special edition <laughs> material. Yeah. Arcing back to our uh, alien conversations about special edition stuff. What's a DVD, Charlie? <laughs> um, and the thing that I spoke about last uh, last episode was that we would talk a little bit more about the fact that we work in the same place the place that we both work in is actually a school and so one of the decisions that we made to kind of take a, a little bit of time off and then come back to it is this is now at the time of recording september and mm. so it's, it's a very busy time for us too um so uh that's why it's very good idea for us to take a pause yeah and focus on getting the students back into school safely yeah as it, well, they haven't been in school for five months or so and then uh, then once we're sort of in and settled, we can come back to the movie chat after that and it'll be refreshed. As, as teachers both, we know this has been a, a weird and challenging time for us trying to do our jobs, but massively for the young people we teach. And uh, so, yeah, we're just going to fo- focus, our, focus our energy on getting that set up and then we'll be back with some more movie minutes, hours and possibly... Uh, some of the, some some other people's if if it, if it feels like they have something to share. So uh, those of you who've chucked in your feedback, wicked. It's really lovely to hear when people are on board. And this week we we got uh, the nicest for me bit of feedback. Uh, I say we I got it because it was sent to me directly from my dad again, everyone's <laughs> favourite listener, yep. Fred. Uh, and Fred proposed a movie minute. And he did, he, he wrote it to me 
in our form of uh, description where we take out all of the details. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, the second listener to do that, actually, because Rob did, did his Bond movie minute like that and then yes. your dad's done it. And I'd love to make that more of a thing in, in series two. If anyone could send us movie minutes in the style that we say them at the beginning, that would be amazing. Because this one messed with my head and mm. I know my dad and I know like the five films he's probably referencing <laughs> at any point. Uh, and so he, he he proposed this. See if you can, see if you can guess this. Two men are sitting having a chat about which country they would like to visit next. They finish the conversation, rush out the door, and the screen goes black. And I'm going to fail because I do not know the answer to that <laughs> one. Sounds like a lovely travel movie. Right? <laughs> it does, yeah. Uh, it, it's, and, and I was stumped for a moment. It's the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I just, I love how he has gone out of his way to stump us. Yeah, uh, because of, of course, if you know the film at all, you know that uh, them rushing out, it's not to have their next adventure. It's to almost certain death at the hands of the Colombian armies. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank I, you, Fred. And, and very timely, the last film that I saw at the point of recording, so the, the most recent film I saw was uh, Queen and Slim, mm. which kind of harks back to some of those sort of earlier kind of journey into the unknown type uh, um, things so uh, yeah I need to go back and revisit that movie and maybe some of the other some of those others kind of uh, double headers um, yeah. but I cannot recommend enough to you Mark I know you've not seen it and to the listeners Queen and Slim as a, a kind of modern retelling of that sort of thing but and where can I find that DVD Charlie <laughs> you can keep on giving me a hard time or about is my it DVD is collection. It available on uh, uh, Amazon or Amazon yeah, and Amazon Prime, I, so I can I can I can watch it hmm. on my uh, computer I'm, I'm nowhere near a millennial. <laughs> uh, so let's get on to your uh, movie minute, Charlie. Uh, if you could, uh, in our standard format, give us a description, but take out all of the identifying details. A group of well-dressed schoolchildren enter a classroom. A teacher stands at the front of the class. The teacher addresses the class with a strange mix of admiration and disappointment. He quickly calls upon a shy-looking boy with exceptionally neat hair to come to the front of the class. After a brief discussion, the boy is handed a white electric guitar. The teacher plays a short, simple and fairly familiar guitar riff on his own guitar, which the boy repeats perfectly. The teacher nods with approval. He ups the game, playing a slightly more complicated but equally familiar riff. During the boy's repetition of this riff, the teacher closes his eyes, clenches his fist, and lets out the word. Yes! I heard you in music class. You guys can really play. Why didn't anyone tell me? You. What's your name? Zach. You play the guitar? Yeah. Okay, come here. You ever played electric guitar? My dad won't let me. He thinks it's a waste of time. A waste of... Try this one. Okay. Here's a guitar pick. You pluck along with me, okay? If you can.
<laughs> now, uh, if you can guess what that is, congratulations. It's a, it's a wonderful moment, Charlie. Would you like to uh, lift the curtain and reveal? Indeed. Um, there's been some groundwork done on this one. It's a film that was mentioned a couple of episodes ago. Mm. Um, it is a film that um, it links in with a discussion we had before the description about the job that we do. It is, of course, Jack Black in The School of Rock. <laughs> throwing up, throwing up the devil horns. Um, I want to start this episode by saying, uh, in the Point Break episode, you said that uh, you'd chosen the film with some of the best names. Mm. Um, I think I've trumped you. Some of the names from this movie, just to remind you: Ned Schneebly, Ned Schneebly, or Schneebly, <laughs> Dewey Finn, yeah, is Jack Black's character, and Principal Rosalind Mullins. It's it's a it's a wonderful movie, and so many of my favourite things about that movie are the details. So put that moment in context for us. Just where yeah. are we in the film? This is the point where I guess sort of everything changes in terms of the arc of Dewey Finn. Essentially, we start with a kind of mediocre at best rock and roll star who has sort of ideas above his station. Yeah. Uh, we open on him kind of trying to steal the lim limelight in, in, a, in a very small gig in a kind of dingy yeah. pub where he like tries to uh, crowd surf, but there isn't really a crowd well, to surf on. <laughs> so he no, no one catches him. Yeah. Um, so he's got this idea that he's some kind of rock, uh, stadium rock and roll star, but he's actually kind of, you know, a failing rock star. He then kind of loses his his position in the band, um, his best friend who he lives with, he's sort of not paying the rent, which is becoming a bit of a problem, and he doesn't have a job, he's got no way of paying the rent, and he knows he's going to be out of it. Now, his best friend, who is Ned Schneebly, um, is a uh, supply teacher, and uh, one day, Dewey Finn is at home, gets a call, and thinks uh, that's meant for Ned to come and work in a school. Uh, Dewey Finn pretends to be Ned Schneebly and then goes and works in a school. Now, the first couple of days, he sits at the front, legs crossed, uh, up on hung the desk. Over. Hung over. yeah, there's a, there's a joke about that. Paying zero attention to the kids. Uh, the kids, it's a kind of very, very uh, highly competitive private Ooh. school, yeah. yeah. And so these kids want to learn, but their teacher's not, not, not getting anything from them. And then it all changes because he walks past a music lesson and he has this light bulb moment where he realizes that these kids are really talented musicians, mm. um, but they are playing classical music. And so this scene is the first scene where the kids come back into the classroom and everything has changed, not just in terms of the layout of the classroom because it's been turned into a setup for a band, but he has changed. He has changed to someone who has uh, an idea he has he's inspired he's inspired he's inspiring and this is the first time you see him interact with a student engage with that student and most importantly his reaction and and, and I ended on that kind of yes mm. this satisfaction that he gets out of realizing that he's found someone who you know to be fair probably surpasses him in terms of talent uh, that he can nurture yeah and the thing that really hits me about this moment, from this point onwards, he shows nothing but respect and admiration for these kids. Um, there is not, he, 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 there's banter, he calls them silly yeah. names and, and, and all that sort of stuff, but he never shows anything other than complete admiration. And even to the point where like he gives kids roles and yeah. when the kids come forward and actually say, actually, I'd prefer to do something else, he gets them to prove that they're good at singing or great at managing. And every time they step up, he, he is 
impressed. Yeah. And it, and it never wavers from that. And, now, and, and I think that there are many examples of films like this, these fish out of water films, um, which take a little bit longer, I guess, for the fish out of water to understand what's going <laughs> on. But for me, it all happens in this moment. Yeah. He, he gets this respect because it's tapping into something he loves and he wants to be. And that respect never goes away. And he always treats these kids as, as these wonderful, wonderful assets. And I think that's the, that's the voice of the film generally mm. is this, this sense of n- not condescending yeah. to, to, to children. And it makes it like a surprisingly powerful movie in that respect, beyond the fact that it's funny as hell, beyond the fact that, you know, Jack Black is charismatic, uh, beyond the fact that, it follows quite a quite a quite a classic hero's journey. Yeah, it carries itself with this really light touch profundity. Yeah, um, and there's a moment just after the one that you describe, as part of that sequence, where you see someone else change, where you see this slightly leery kid who's the drummer mm. get sat behind a drum kit, given yeah. a simple lick to play on the drums. And like gets credit for it. Yeah. And you watch him change having received credit. Yeah. Like, oh, hang on a second. I can validate myself amongst these guys as well, because in the group, he's the one who, you know, plays the triangle or plays the cymbals or in a, of the musicians, mm. he's the, the least qualified. Yeah. Yeah. But there's an equality to what Jack Black is offering in the, in this band. Absolutely. Movie. Yeah. And I think it's splattered. I mean, that's one of them. There's all these moments of growth. And I, and I, and I, and I think the beautiful thing about all these moments of growth that happen throughout it is you see Jack Black's character, mm. Dewey Finn going through the growth and each one of these moments of growth, the moment of growth for the student and him. So every time you see kind of a one-to-one interaction between Dewey Finn and a, and a, and a, and a child, both of them grow from that interaction. Yeah. And the ones that I've, I've actually written some of them down, uh, Lawrence wanting to be cool. Um, I'm not cool. <laughs> I can't be in a band. And you see Jack Black kind of going, but you are cool. Yeah, of course you're cool. And yeah. he... Not a question, yeah, a statement. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Jack Black is, becomes a better person by acknowledging that this kid who he's seen as a little bit nerdy, maybe the old version of Jufin might have just kind of... Yeah dismissed him he suddenly they both grow out of it uh, Lawrence gets a little bit more confident and Jack Black you see this empathy you've got the um, finding out that Tamika can sing oh my goodness mm. I mean that's almost a tear-jerking moment she 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 gets a, a role as kind of one of the roadies I think like that and yeah. she didn't put her hand up when he said can you sing and uh, I think he says she, she, she sort of auditions with just yeah. the two of them and his again respect for her and going Oh my goodness! You've that, you've got a, a set of pipes, I think yeah. he says, and she grows as a person, like, and then ends up being like one of the stars, and like even things like Zach's dad being strict, yeah. and then Jack, Jack Black's character just sees that out of the corner's eye, and then makes a thing about the. They writes a song about it later, mm. and they're just it's just the whole film is just these moments of growth for both the kids, and and and, it, and they all grow together, yeah. and for me, and this might be overstating a little bit. And this is why I think it's important that listeners know that we're teachers. Like, that is why you want to be a teacher. (laughs) We have had the good fortune of being in rooms where that happens Mm. and feeling that change. And and it 
being profound and meaningful and it means that you know there is there is a subset of the population who will shed a little tear over school of rock rather yeah. than a, rather than just laugh i have a, i have a question for you okay this was designed as a jack black vehicle mm-hmm. jack black when he's not being an actor he's in a band that does comedy songs yeah. taken very seriously so he fits the mold could anybody else do what Jack Black does in this film as successfully as Jack Black? Um, I believe the answer is no, but I also believe that, um, and I'm actually going to compare him to, I know you're a big Saturday Night Live fan, mm. um, we've talked about that, and I'm going to compare him to someone of a similar age, of a similar era, who is also a Saturday Night Live person, who's also gone on to do lots of films, and that's Adam Sandler. Okay. Now, I think that Adam Sandler um, is, is at his absolute best when he's got somebody pulling him back, reining him in. Yeah. Because when you think of Uncut Gems and you think about Punch Drunk Love, which yeah. are his two brilliant, outstanding performances, he's not that funny in those. Yeah. And he's got really, really competent directors for once I would even word. go so far as to say The Wedding Singer. Yeah. Where, whilst it is a broad comedic film, mm. the, he, he's not allowed yeah. to do the screaming thing that much. And... and you know, and, and is about committed relationships. And the thing about someone like Adam Sandler, as a comedian, mm. he knows how to commit. Yes, yeah, yeah. He knows how to double down on a moment. And if that is a if that is a an emotional moment, mm. you're getting the most Adam Sandler. Yeah. If it's a comedic moment, you're getting the most Adam Sandler. But I think he needs that structure of those fantastic directors to almost like guide him because you know, Uncut Gems is amazing yeah. because he's he's clearly well directed. And that's not to take anything away from him as an actor. He's an incredible actor in those films. But there's something but, to asking him to do this. Yeah. But when you put him in stuff where maybe he's had less involvement or he's he's been, you know, it's been an Adam Sandler vehicle. Mm. Like you think about the the real stinkers like Jack little and Jill, Nikki, Little yeah. Nicky, um, you know, uh, Click, which yeah. is probably anything one of my with a fat suit, anything. Yeah, with, yeah. Um, he's he's really awful. Now Jack Black, I feel, is the opposite of that. And this is again not to take anything away from Link later, but I think Jack Black works best when he's allowed to be Jack Black. Mm. And I think that Jack Black, whereas Adam Sandler, will pull a, 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 a bad film down even further with a performance. I think there are examples of Jack Black being in mediocre to bad movies where he's lifted it slightly. Yeah. I think of like Tenacious Deep Pick of Destiny when I think yeah. about that. I think about, I mean, it's not a bad film, it's a great film, but I think about his very small part in uh, High Fidelity, High Fidelity yeah. where he lifts that one up. Um, every time he's on screen, he shines. And, and then you get him in School of Rock and it's almost like Linklater just allowed him and I think this is yeah. one of the scenes there's scenes later on where um talked a lot before about a one shot there's this one shot sequence where he he talks through a song and he does all the musical instruments all the vocals but also does all the uh stage you know smoke and light and all yeah. that sort of stuff he describes it all as he does it um and it's all one shot and there's there's clearly an improv element to that and yeah. it's like I it I don't know if this is true or not I wasn't there but it feels like for the next couple of minutes be Jack Black, do your thing. Yeah. And that works in a way that I think it doesn't work for some of his, yeah. his some other sort of, uh, you know, I used Anderson as an example, but other kind of... But there is, there is, there is nothing that's not Jack Black about Dewey Finn. No. It, uh, and, and Jack Black himself, uh, I think I heard him say that like, Linklater as a director mm. was uh, proposed to him and 
he was like, well, I don't know what film this is going to be. Um, and he credits uh, the producer, Scott Rudin, for knowing that you can take this guy mm. and partner him with Jack Black and they will ground the lightness in something to make something magical. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big Linklater fan back to... Uh, I don't really have a relationship to Slacker, but to Dazed and Confused. Mm. And that idea of taking experiences and young male experiences at mm. that, for me at that moment, and just letting them live in that moment. Yeah. A lot of his films are about sitting in a moment. And mm. if you're sat in a moment with Jack Black, you know it's going to be hilarious. Yeah. But like I said, Jack Black's going to commit. Yeah. And... I can't imagine a world where Jack Black does not have that relationship with that cast outside of well, I the mean, movie. There, there's an inter- the um, I, I, I'd forgotten that this happens, but when I watched it, there's the end credits. And the end credits are, there's some sort of breaking of the fourth wall going oh, yeah, on there yeah. where they actually start Movies going. Movies are my soul. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that there's some stuff in there that... that it, that felt like a real moment. Yeah. They're, they're, the kids and they've are, done reunions subsequently. They have, they've yeah. pulled them all together. And, and, and it feels like he has these, this relationship with them. And, and, and if he doesn't, then that's fantastic filmmaking for us, for us to believe yeah. that. that but I, um, I think there has. The other thing that I love about this film, and, and, and there's, a, there's another moment that I almost picked, but because it didn't have any of the kids in it, and it, it isn't a Jack Black moment um, so much. But the other beautiful sequence in this is film it, that is I can't... It Joan Cusack. Oh, Joan Cusack. Now, this is a film that I think has no villains in it. I think there is a couple yeah. of moments where maybe the parents are villainized. Where we see scared parents yeah. as villains yeah. because they're scared and they're angry. But the important thing is, and the brilliance of Joan Cusack's performance in this, which is, it is as... as uh, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Joan Cusack, um, it would have been so easy to write a Miss Trunchbull. Yeah. This is a uh, a head teacher of a private school who is supposed to be very very strict, and through uh, her incredible performance and also some brilliant scripting, yeah. they create this uh, character who is n- never anything had never anything other than affection for these yeah. kids. And this is a brilliant bit of where she goes and, and where she's incredibly vulnerable. Yeah, where she's where, where the kid is crying. She's introduced to us with a kid crying, and she goes, "Do you want a hug?" <laughs> and the kid runs off, and like. And every time, I only really noticed it the last time I watched it, every time she passes a student in a corridor, there's a couple of moments with this, she says something really sweet and sensitive and caring to that, those kids yeah. to kind of cement her as this uptight, strict head teacher, but who really cares? And the reason why I think that sequence later between them two where they do the Stevie Dicks, yeah. which is beautiful, it's so great. Um, is, that, is that they are connecting and they're coming yeah. at the same thing from completely different angles. Um, but yeah. yeah that, and you can look at that moment as a manipulative moment, except for the fact yeah. that, that all they've done is find common ground. Yes. And, and, and you can feel like... Dewey Finn's character taking joy in the fact that he's unlocking something yeah. or, or discovering something rather than kind of manipulating. Yeah. And I take such great joy in when the children take on that role. Yeah. Like they've learned it from him. Yes. When they start when they start manipulating the doorman of the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, yeah. With their with their sick kid routine. I mean, if we're going to look at it with the critical eye, um, it, it suffers from the same slight issue that um, Mrs. Doubtfire does, which is that actually it's very hard to justify the ethics of what's happening here yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Oh, you yeah. think about it too hard. It's not a film to think about beyond like 
just the, the pure affection that all these characters have for each other. And mm. what I mean, what I, when I, going back to me saying there are no villains, that includes the Joan Cusack character who only seems to have affection for these kids, yeah. even if so, she, she is vulnerable and struggles to show it. And the, and the parents who, all their actions are from affection, just an affection that is maybe misguided yeah. because they think that the most important thing because is Because the grades. film has made the choice to allow them to mishear Yeah. I've touched your kids and I'm pretty sure they've touched me or what's going around it. And that Zach moment where his dad's being strict. Like you don't, you don't think of his dad as a, as a bad yeah. guy. You think of him as someone who hasn't yet had the opportunity to realise there is more to childhood yeah. than grades. And then that moment of revelation in the, in the gig mm-hmm. where he where Lawrence's dad and Zach's dad go, your son's very talented, so is yours. And it's just a beautiful moment between two dads. Interestingly, and we talked when we looked at The Lion King about the translation to the live stage. Yeah. Uh, This was turned into a um, a musical written, uh, in inverted commas, by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. And following the same plot, mm-hmm. but filling out some of those relationships. Right. And interestingly, what you talk about the parents not being villains in the film, mm. there is a there is a stronger emphasis on a generation gap between parents and children. Right. And that almost being a neglectful act. Yeah. Like not listening to your child. But the magic of children being awesome will beat any shonky plot. <laughs> and because the cast is made up of incredible kids doing incredible stuff and having the most fun I think I've seen people have on stage, mm-hmm. uh, the experience is brilliant. Yeah, I'm, 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 in, I'm in an interesting place with the uh, School of Rock stage adaptation because I think it's similar to the way you described struggling or not wanting to see the, the Aladdin remake because mm. only Robbie... Uh, Robin Williams can be the genie. Yeah. Um, I think I am in that place with Dewey Finn can only be Jack Black. Now, I haven't seen the, the School yeah. of Rock um, stage show and I'm sure it is absolutely amazing, from, from, but I don't always yeah. want to ruin that only Jack Black can be Dewey Finn. So from what you've said, mm. like, you'll let it slide okay. because the true joy of that musical, and I know I've known some young people who've done it as like a school production. Yeah. And it is pure empowerment for young people and you witness it they all feel awesome doing it yeah yeah. and that's that's theatrical magic yeah yeah uh so you said there are a couple of other moments in this film yeah i just want i just want to really put a pin in this one is it the yes is it the (sighs) the connection to the yes yeah yeah it's it's i feel i feel that this is the moment of awakening in a, you know, he, he ends up going on to be a teacher, a, a different kind yeah, of teacher yes. because he's an after school uh, music teacher, but he ends up making employment out of being a person who teaches young people and he's very good at it. Yes. Um, and this is the awakening of that. And, and it is the, and it's in the yes. And you need, you need that moment where, he is luxuriating in the skills of someone else, which up until that point, you haven't seen any of that 
before. You've seen him be this hardcore rock and roller who thinks he's better than he is and doesn't really care about anyone else. And then suddenly he he realizes that this kid who already has talent but doesn't have the knowledge of a particular genre. He's a talented guitarist who's never listened to the kind of music that he's into, the rock and roll and the you know, heavy metal. He awakens something in in Zach, mm. which in turn awakens something in, in in him, and 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 it's all in that closed eye, clenched fist. Yes, um, and then it's just excitement from that point onwards, and and uh, yeah, but it's it's beautiful. And then just to wrap it up, and this may be a long tease because I think I probably know the answer, but nobody out there listening does. Mm. Best film about teaching? There is another one. <laughs> and we'll I'd, save it for another time. I'd say this is the second best film about teaching, <laughs> but there is another one. And that is called a tease. We really hope you've enjoyed series one of My Movie Minute as much as we have enjoyed making it. Keep an eye out for that bonus episode next week, and then we will be back for series two after a short break. To end series one, we're leaving you with a slightly longer clip than usual. So please enjoy a few more moments of the wonderful and talented Jack Black, Joan Cusack, and of course, Stevie Nicks. I love this song. Really? Yes. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. Stevie. You know, she came to town mm-hmm. and she did a concert and she was just so wild. I know. Oh, oh, man. oh my gosh. Woo. She put on the best show I've ever seen. And she is so much better live than she is on the album. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, no comparison. Yeah. You know what? Oh man, I would love to take the kids to a concert. Concert? Yeah. There's one at the end of the month that would be perfect. The Philharmonic, they do the classics, they do Beethoven, Mozart, Enya, that kind of stuff. Huh. Oh, but you guys have a policy about field trips, huh? Would it be educational? Would it be educational? It could be very educational. Maybe we can make an exception. Yes. Sing songs, song, drop the singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, ooh. I'm holding you to that. Make an exception on what's out for you. Ooh, baby, ooh.